Welcome back to Innovation Big and Small. Hi there, Jim. Hi, Squirrel. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. So we were talking last week about centaurs, these kind of human-computer combinations. And then I thought we might want to talk about what people keep saying we're, we're going to have, which is computers that can do everything themselves. They're going to drive cars. They're going to fly airplanes. Uh, they're going to um, mow your lawn. They're going to do everything because they're going to be artificially intelligent. And uh, you and I, I think, have been hearing this story for uh, maybe 30, 40 years yeah, yeah. That, that artificial intelligence is coming. Is, is it here yet? Or, or is, are the big companies ready to actually make it go? I think it is here and it's, mm. uh, and it's making a difference. So I was on an advisory board for autonomous vehicles at Nissan and the cars are getting very close to autonomous. Obviously, there's sensor technology and GPS technology and you know, all sorts of technology that goes into an autonomous vehicle. Um, but uh, we're seeing it there. Uh, there are companies that are really completely AI-based, financial services companies that use AI to target customers, to uh, take in data on every aspect of their lives. Ant Financial is what I'm thinking of, the Chinese company. And also to just automate everything so it's almost no hands touch now i don't know whether where that breaks but they're scaling like mad and they just had a you know a partial ipo where they're raising over 30 billion dollars so um i think it's i think a lot is happening i also i interviewed uh, a guy from uh from harvard named marco in city who wrote about the strategy side of uh of AI in companies, and he talked about some of these stories. So I can uh, make a link to his to his interview in uh, in our show notes. But yeah, I think it's here. I think it it can be used uh, for good or for bad, right? So you can use. There's good use of every technology, and there's bad use of every technology. Well, sure, we have all the all the facial recognition being used by tyrants around the world and so on. So there's certainly bad examples. Yeah, that's a very good example of bad. A good example of bad, exactly. Uh, but but the, I, I want to challenge it before we get to that. So so I don't believe it's here. So uh, the reason I don't believe it's here is, or rather, um, there's this history of artificial intelligence, right? Is that, that um, every time somebody says that a, a computer uh, can't do this thing, and then it can do the thing. They say, "Oh, yeah, well, that was an artificial intelligence." So, so I think that's that that's fair because uh, uh, you know, used to be computers can never play checkers. Well, actually, now they can play checkers better than humans. Well, they'll never play chess. Well, now they beat people at chess. Oh, well, they'll never uh, beat people at Go. Now they beat people at Go. So they keep getting better. So there there is an expansion, but it's a slow expansion of what uh, uh, machines really can do independently. So, for example, I, I don't uh, believe, maybe you can tell me I'm wrong, that we've actually got uh, fully self-driving, really self-driving autonomous vehicles. And the test for me is when my wife, who is blind, can get into a car and it will drive her somewhere because, and by herself, you know, with her guide dog. That, that, that would be enough. But I don't think we're there. I think we still need those centaurs. I think we need those humans in the loop for the, uh, for the, the tough cases that the, the machine can't handle. It'll handle lots of the, the, the crummy work. It'll handle the routine driving. It'll handle driving of a lorry or a truck, whatever you want to call it, um, uh, in, across uh, Montana, you know, where the road is straight and there's nothing uh, but moose. Um, it, it'll handle that. Is it going to handle uh, heavy snow in the mountains when you have kids running around outside a school? You know, is it going to handle all of those, you know, and in the dark and then there's 
is an unexpected um, uh, bright light or something like that. Uh, I'm I'm doubtful. You're welcome to to tell me I'm wrong. Well, I think it's getting there, but I think you've touched on uh, maybe three of the the big problems. So one of them is weather. A lot of the testing has gone on in Arizona and California and places like that. Exactly. Um, and, you know, that just w w humans have trouble with bad weather, too. And in fact, you, there are reasons for believing that, you, you know, they'll, computers might be more able to adjust to the bad weather, but they still can't. Uh, you know, there's still too many. Un there are a lot of unpredictable aspects there. The second is the interaction with humans. You talked about kids you know, running around the street. Uh, there's, it's actually, this gets to the, what we were talking about last time, the relationship between humans and, and cars, and I mean, and, and machines. In this case, uh, I know that there's research going on in a number of places where people are trying to understand how do the humans communicate with the cars and how do the cars understand what the intent of the human being is, not just its existence as a moving object but it's intent. What happens even when a driver-driven vehicle comes to an intersection with an autonomous vehicle? How do they signal to one another that, okay, you go, you know how you oftentimes wave someone along? Oh, yeah, absolutely, sure. Or just kind of nod, you know, there's kind of an unspoken language. That you exactly, of... and you watch, is there, is, are they moving forward a little bit? There's a protocol that develops. And then the third thing you, was that the real big issue is what happens when something changes? Uh, they change the road. There's a big accident. Things are blocked, or that kind of thing. And uh, and uh, there, the Centaur idea is playing out. Uh, I know they announced at the consumer electronics shows. Nissan has a uh, what they call a SAM. It's a it's a center with human beings who interact with the AV. And if 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 something stalls, they'll get you out of the stall and you know recreate the map essentially for vehicles that follow you. So it's a it's a combination of intelligence working an intelligent human working with an intelligent machine. So and I think actually I'm glad you raised the the I you know the concept of AVs both because they're so complicated you know it's such a big project, but a lot of the things that you would see with other systems also play out in that that realm. Like what's the role of the human being in this world? How do you communicate and signal back and forth? what's the proper, you know, what are the limits of the technology and what do you do about those limits and that type of thing. So it's not just a technical problem in almost all cases. It's just very visible in that case. And, and the technical problems are the simplest ones. I mean, the, we, we are gathering steam on the the technology to do more and more. And the, the things that computers, the problems computers can solve keep getting bigger. And they keep the, the, the kind of area, the, the, the surface area that a, a machine can handle keeps getting larger. But the problem is that uh, we, I don't think in many areas we figured out, except for extremely limited cases like chess, um, where there are very few variations in input and output, have we figured out how to handle the whole range of activities? And that's where you need the Centaur in place. So I have clients who uh, use AI and they're really serious AI. One of the things I often get asked by venture capitalists is, is this really AI or is there actually humans <laughs> in the picture right, who are really, right. you know, there's a lot of paddling going on beneath the surface. And sometimes there is and sometimes there isn't. But a lot of the, the clients and the, the companies that I look at are, are really using AI, but almost always with humans in the loop, with uh, limited um, scope, and then tremendously valuably. 
another example is computer vision. I mean, just take a little piece of what an autonomous vehicle would have to do. It has to see and it has to understand what's going on. Uh, listeners may or may not know that you can fool, say, a cat recognizer by giving it some weird combination of lines that happens to just add up in the computer's mind to a cat. And so it will happily say this weird picture of it looks like Picasso or something is, is a cat, and it'll recognize that. Now, you're not going to encounter that as you walk down the street. You're going to encounter cat-shaped things. They're walking across your path uh, like cats do. So in normal circumstances, the computer will be just fine. It'll recognize all the cats in the uh, environment that it, that it needs to. But if you give it weird input, if you put it in a weird situation, if you try to operate it beyond the design parameters, beyond that surface area that it's designed for, you don't get good results. And so all my clients, all the, the startups that I'm working with who have an AI component have a human somewhere in the loop. And so that's why I say we're not really there. We, we're not at the point where somebody can just switch on a switch, say, here's my company. It's My company consists of this computer. It does whatever it does. I'll be back in a year to collect the the, the profits. We're not there and we're nowhere close. And I don't know if we want to be there. No, that's another because question. <laughs> because, you know, we all have had the experience with systems that may not be AI, but the world changes and they, uh, and they hit their boundaries. I had uh, a broken refrigerator and the center that was supposed to fix it delegated out to a place that only does recalls and they didn't know anything about refrigerators and you know it's just a complete mess and i think that's what, what maybe we'll talk about it next time is sort of the good we could use ai as an example again the good uses and the bad uses and the smart uses and the not so smart uses um i mentioned that i wrote a short piece about about that but uh there's so many uh so many ways to use it where i think ai is used badly is where people take an existing workflow, they pick some little task that a person, some poor person is doing, and they try to automate that and they get it maybe 80%. And now someone's picking up the pieces of a badly defined process that's badly automated. And uh, and I think that that's where maybe where people get, uh, maybe get some use out of listening to this is sort of thinking through how do you think about that? What's the strategic use and what's the uh, what are the traps you can fall in if you're just, you know, chasing AI? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's one of the biggest dangers. That's why I get the, the, the VCs asking me to check out the companies for them and say, is this really AI? Because it becomes a bandwagon, becomes something nifty to claim that you have. And actually what you have is uh, exactly that kind of partial automation. Most of the clients I've worked with have, have not done that. So they haven't gone into a tiny piece of a larger process, but they have crossed themselves up trying to do too much automation. And that can be a significant problem. Sounds like it's a problem both, both in big and small companies. Yes, absolutely true. In a big company, you can, the impact can be, you know, when you screw up, you can really screw up. But uh, so people tend to be more cautious about the deployment of the technology. But uh, ironically, sometimes that causes you to try to use it in a small niche where it either doesn't add a huge amount of value or it's just anomalous. So uh, interestingly, yeah. That is certainly true. Okay, well, let's pick up some of these ideas next time, because I think there's plenty more to say about AI, but I'm glad that we were able to cover kind of two sides of the same coin. Jim's a fan of AVs, thinks we're going to be uh, moving around in them sooner than we think. I, I believe they're going to be very helpful, but uh, you're going to have to have a human in the loop for a long time. So uh, there's a couple of different perspectives. We can pick that up next time. Good. All right. 
Well, thanks, Jim. And uh, listeners, thanks for uh, coming along and, and listening to me and Jim chatter about uh, uh, technology and large and small companies. If you're interested in those topics, find us uh, on the show notes. Our email and Twitter and other fun things are there. And we like to hear from listeners. And if you hit the subscribe button, we'll be back again next week with more on AI and large and small companies and innovation of all kinds. Thanks, Jim. Thank you, Squirrel.